0: Series focusing on individual personalities and communications, Emma Whitefield and I discuss the nine personality types of the Enneagram for better self-awareness and improved communications with others. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. And welcome to the program. I'm Joe Whitefield. I'm joining studio today with my collaborator on this, Emma Whitefield. Hey, Emma. Hey, Dad. Yeah. So we we'll get give it away right off the bat. <laughs> Uh, this is a special program we're working on. You and I've been talking about this kind of thing for a while, and it's uh, been kind of challenging for us to actually create the time to do this uh, with you being overseas and all. So we're going to tell our listeners a little bit about what we're talking about today. But uh, anyway, glad to have you home for the the holidays as we're now in the studio. So,
1: thanks. Happy to be here.
0: So. What we're going to talk about, and, and I mentioned, and I think the audience knows that you know, I like to have collaborators, and you're the true collaborator. In other words, you're the, you're the subject matter expert on this. Uh, and the topic we're going to be talking about is uh, personality and communication. And it's like, look at the role of personalities, individual personalities, and how that affects communications and relationships of all types. We'll focus on a little bit on the, in the workforce whatnot, but it, of course it goes well, well beyond that. And it turns out you've got a lot of experience with this. I sure
1: do. Um, before I started my postgraduate work, I worked at a university in Nashville in a big residence life department, and we—that uh, was where I first was introduced to the Enneagram.
0: And that's what we're going to talk about—is the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been learning about that uh, a lot through uh, through uh, talking with you, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, you—I may refer to you as, the, as my grade eight, you know—and <laughs> then. Uh, and I think I'm a five, and our hopefully our listeners, if they hang in there long enough, will kind of learn what what that means mm-hmm. and things like that. But anyway, but using the Enneagram, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, it's a very cool thing. I've come to learn a little bit about that, and it's uses. So we're going to talk about that. But this particular uh, part of the series is where we just talk about what we're going to talk about. Okay. All right. So you and I have been kind of kicking this around. Uh, there are nine personality types in the Enneagram. Correct. And so we're going to bust up several episodes, maybe three, maybe four episodes. We'll see how that goes, uh, where we actually discuss the different personality types. And
1: Sounds good. In a
0: minute or two, we'll just dive into kind of what those are mm-hmm. to sort of set people up a little bit to know what those are. But the, I want to talk a little bit more about setting this up, about, again, the Enneagram and the role of personality. Mm-hmm. You said that, you know, you were introduced to this, when you work in a, a residential life mm-hmm. uh, organization mm-hmm. department. So, <laughs> department yeah yeah say more tell us a little bit more about that
1: yes so i'm actually still working in a much smaller residence life department right now at the university of st andrews mm-hmm. uh, while i'm doing my phd and my team uh we're on a team of five in our hall we use the enneagram quite a bit as well um so Did it you was,
0: introduce it? And I know you learned it here. Did you introduce it there?
1: I and another friend who is American also worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're a mix of Scottish, English, and Americans on our team. And mm-hmm. my supervisor is a student affairs professional, and she got her master's in student affairs in the States before going over to St. Andrews. And so she had worked with it extensively as mm-hmm. well.
0: So this is one of the things I find fascinating is that um working in... Uh, residential life, you know, okay. housing, whatever you might call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're with students twenty four seven, right? I also work in higher ed mm-hmm. uh, in in facilities management in higher ed, and uh, my job is not. I mean, it can be twenty four seven, but mm-hmm. I don't. You know, we don't. I don't live mm-hmm. on campus, right? We uh,
1: say that our job is more of a lifestyle than a job. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and so, so. That, that's, that draws me in to think that, yes, because you're with people all the time, and even in a residential environment, the nature of that relationship is... Uh you know, pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the term intimate, but it, but it's it's a lot deep, a lot different, isn't it? Well, when the fire alarm
1: goes off and you and all of your colleagues are in your pajamas trying to count students who are also in their pajamas, it it, it can feel very intimate and personal.
0: So it's so the need for something like this. So I think it's great that this kind of came from that. Mm-hmm. And so since I work in a, in a you know in a professional environment, right, mm-hmm. we're dealing with people more eight to nine to ten hours a day and things like that, and no pajamas, and no pajamas usually, right. Uh, so so again, I just think it's fascinating to think because we still have communication issues mm-hmm. all the time. It seems Absolutely. like eighty or ninety percent of all the issues you have at work, you know, at home, in any kind mm-hmm. of relationship, you know, uh, it seems like so much of it just centers around communication. Absolutely, I think
1: in every sphere of everyone's lives, communication is the number one way to make connections
0: with other people,
1: and that's the most important thing. No man is an island.
0: So this is what's got me. Mildly interested in this, okay? Okay. And really beyond mildly interested, but that's what we're going to talk about. The other thing about this that I think is fascinating is not just, okay, I need to communicate better with the people I'll, you know, to be more effective at work or in my home or, or whatever my, uh, different organizations or community I live in. There's this other thing now in play that we're going to, uh, but it's probably obvious to our listeners right now, and that's the generational impact, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which is, uh, we're here at a very unique time. You just celebrated a birthday, and this particular, we won't say what it was, but, <laughs> but this particular birthday uh, makes you half of my age, right? You've noted that, haven't you? hmm
1: Yes, I have.
0: Yeah. How does that make you feel, or what do you think about when you think about being half my age?
1: You don't feel that old to me. I don't know. When you say, oh, I'm twice her age, to me that makes, you should be older,
0: yeah. Well, thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> I, I think uh, for those that are at this time we're recording this, we're 54 and 27. So that's what we're talking about. But it does underscore a couple other things, which is the, the generational issues that exist in the workplace now. Mm-hmm, because people um, have, you know, multi-generational, you know, multi-generations in the workplace now uh, from, you know. Today we're talking about the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, and things like that. But but you're, you know, in the workforce mm-hmm. in higher ed. I'm in the workforce in higher ed, and here we are. And, and of course, uh, being my daughter, I think I think that's something to consider. Perhaps that's something behind the, the need for better communications is some of the generational uh, elements. What do you think?
1: I think that's absolutely right. And some things you may attribute to an age difference may really be a personality difference.
0: That's, I think that's pretty small. Pretty heavy. That that's part of why I thought this was really cuts across all that. You're you're at a university where you're an international student, mm-hmm. and you deal with other international people mm-hmm. and other international students, mm-hmm. not just Scottish or English at St. Andrews, but people come from other countries as well, right? Absolutely. So you've got you've got that to uh, uh, to to process. I won't say deal with, but to process, right? To navigate. Yeah, navigate. You've got uh, we've got generational things to navigate, mm-hmm. and uh, all kinds of things. So anyway. That's what I think makes this kind of a, a really interesting topic.
1: Definitely. And um, for the listeners, I also spent a year living in Austria teaching English after I graduated, and then I've spent a few summers working in Berlin as well, and so I've kind of gotten to work with loads of different students aged 10 to 18 in international environments or as me being the international one in Austria trying to teach English, so communication has been the most important thing as I do international and interdisciplinary work ever since I graduated.
0: Crazy focus on that. The fact that you have to learn a new language to begin with, right? Yes. That, so uh, that's what makes you the expert on this subject <laughs> uh, uh, between the two of us. And so that's why I'm, that's why I'm crazy interested to share this and us to discuss this and to share this with our, uh, with our listeners out there. Um, just for the last little bit of intro on this, uh, People know, uh, many people know that I have more of an engineering and Mm -hmm. economics background. Uh, Your background is, and interests are different, Mm -hmm. right? So again, we have some personality differences that that are a little bit more than just uh, what flavor ice creams we like, right? Right.
1: Uh, My my undergrad degrees are in English and German. uh My master's is in cross-cultural communication and Mm -hmm. applied linguistics. And my PhD is interdisciplinary in psychology and English.
0: So that right there ought to really set some <laughs> things up, right? So, and you're an 8. I'm uh, an 8. And I'm a 5. And, again, that'll be more clear, uh, I think. So I'm an old 5, and you're a young eight. So we'll go with that. So,
1: Sounds good to me. All right.
0: So let's dive in for just a minute and think okay. about where we're going with the with the topic. Right. Okay. Enneagram. The Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that there's nine personality types, right? Yes.
1: The Enneagram, uh, that word alone has Greek origin. Ennea, Greek for nine. And gram, old Greek, for a feature or a drawing. So when you're talking about the Enneagram, the most pictured thing, I guess, would be a perfect circle uh, with the nine types on it, nine being in the top and center, and then to the right fall one, two, three, and four, and then going up the left side of the circle being five, six, seven, eight.
0: Okay. So and, and and by the way, this is easy to look up. You can oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you can look it up. I mean, there's 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 Google. There's all kinds of talks. There's mm-hmm. the Enneagram Institute. I mean, just mm-hmm. in, in real quick, that comes up really quick, and that's where I've sourced some of my information mm-hmm. from, and, and done some reading and several books. One book, and just while we're on the topic, mm-hmm. uh, the Road Back to You is a is a book that we've. Uh, Talked about, you and I have read, you you know. And, and
1: Great introduction, first step for right. Enneagram
0: beginners. Ian Morgan Cron, C R O N, mm-hmm. and Suzanne Stabil. Mm-hmm. So those are the, just, 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 we're just citing a couple. We're not mm-hmm. quoting extensively from them, but again, our listeners can find a lot of information on this mm-hmm. in a number of places.
1: And specifically, when thinking about how to use this to communicate and facilitate better, more clear communication. Uh, Suzanne's follow-up book, "The Path Between Us," is a great read as well, and where I got a lot of the information I'm using today.
0: Okay, so we're gonna. Uh, I want to talk about two things. One is is the importance of the Enneagram itself and understanding the different personality types and how mm-hmm. that and how that can benefit in the in the uh, process of better communications. Right. Mm-hmm. And i want to talk about what it is and, and what it isn't. Okay. Uh, a little bit, and then we will talk about kind of give our listeners, you know, what the personality types are so they mm-hmm. have an idea. And hopefully, we'll stay interested and in uh, listen further into the episodes as we go a little deeper into the Enneagram types. That's good. But, but before we just kick that off, this idea about the Enneagram personality types, this uh, there's a couple of things to think about. First thing is self awareness. Absolutely. The, the use of one major use of this is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And self awareness. Tell me what you think about that.
1: I think it's one of the most important things because with the Enneagram, you'll quickly find it's hard to type other people, but typing yourself, whether you find that easy or hard, certainly allows you to have more self-knowledge and better tools to help you communicate. Um, One of my favorite examples, because I'm a Type 8 and we watch Parks and Rec extensively, I've had friends tell me that I can be a steamroller mm-hmm. um, and there's one scene where in Parks and Rec Leslie Nope is steamrolling everyone with her ideas and her friend says you're being a steamroller you made me watch all eight Harry Potter movies and I don't like Harry Potter and Leslie goes what are you talking about you love Harry Potter you've seen all eight movies exactly so, so not even realizing how strongly you're coming across and not trying to bulldoze a conversation but that's just what happens sometimes when you're an eight and being aware of that allows me to kind of reel that back in a little bit and have a better more balanced communicating style
0: that's a, a great example on two fronts one is um, parks and rec is we find ourselves doing a lot of marathon parks and rec watching <laughs> uh when when you're home for holidays or anytime you're home we'll be doing mm-hmm. that a lot but it's also a great example again of, of characters we talk about character development mm-hmm. and different things like that and there are examples of again different personalities we haven't type them all but again you can get the idea and i also think that's one of the interesting things that we'll talk about is there are you know famous people Mm -hmm. who are who have either been typed or 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 listed in Mm -hmm. these different categories you get an idea uh we'll talk about a few of those or just reference a few of them just to make it kind of a visual thing right Mm -hmm. to help with that but the point i think is 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 probably the biggest point here is the is the importance of self-awareness yes right because so that you can kind of know the 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 good right the the, the average or or, or mm-hmm. centered mm-hmm. approach to being you know what makes you a good uh in your person and then there's there's negative as mm-hmm. well right absolutely so everybody has a different you know place within right. their personality type your personality can be expressed either positively negatively or in, in kind of a i don't say a normal sense but a basic sense mm-hmm. and, and so self-awareness is huge and it obviously plays a huge role in and
1: doing something with that self-awareness so it's not helpful for me to continue on steamrolling conversations with people, whether rather in the workplace or socially, and then to say, oh, well, I'm an eight, so you just have to deal with you it. That's right. just how I am. That's not helpful to anyone. So the point is to have self-reflection, self-knowledge, and to make yourself better and allow for more clear communication. I,
0: I think that's that's... Is- Maybe the lead here—that's kind of the takeaway, one of the big takeaways.
1: Definitely.
0: the The other side of that coin, this that has, I think, a lot more caution, is the social mm-hmm. awareness, and this is when you understand that other people are different. First of all, you understand about you know that you have a personality type or you have a basic personality type, and that other people are different. So the fact that they're different, you know, causes you to just reflect on the, that they are different to affect how you communicate or might communicate with them. But you've got to be careful about typing other people, do yes. you not?
1: I think you'll, once we dive in a little deeper, you'll find that a lot of the types and, well, what type am I, deals a lot with the motivation for different things. And it's really hard to know somebody's motivation unless you know them really well. Yeah. Um, Ian Crone, Morgan Crone, says one of my favorite things. He says, each of the nine numbers has their own distinct way of seeing the world and an underlying motivation that powerfully influences how they think, feel, and experience the world around them. Hmm. And so it's almost like rose-colored glasses in a way. Everyone has their own set of colored glasses on, and I really can't see it through your eyes. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn about it and think about it and be intentional with it because our impulses and our motivations and our thoughts and feelings and the way we go about the world will be different.
0: So part of the caution, I think, that I've learned about this, because we joke the fact that I say you're my grade 8 or you're, mm-hmm. you're you're grade 8 you're an 8 I'm a 5 well I didn't label you an 8 you know we talk about it that right, way, so that's absolutely. why I feel comfortable saying it that mm-hmm. way but I just wouldn't show up to someone at work tomorrow you know and say oh by the way you're a you're a 4 and you're a 7 this is why you're right. doing it. that that's the bad road to wander down is if, if mm-hmm. all of a sudden you become a know-it-all and you think that you've you have cast other people or typed other people and then you start using it and they have no awareness or interest or whatever in that right
1: right it's meant to help with mutual understanding better communication better connections with other people and as hippie as it sounds a better connection with yourself so you can be operating at the best version of yourself okay but when you go around and you start putting labels on people that's not helpful for
0: anyone agreed that's i think that's a major major point to make that as we talk about this is to highlight the differences so that you can uh, that there are differences and you begin to understand that people are different and then what do I need to do with that to be uh, you know better communicator mm-hmm. better uh, in relationships uh, but it's not to now to get the upper hand on them and, right. and and drive them in any way shape or form
1: and I think even if you have a feeling about someone's Enneagram type, but they're not really interested in it, you can still maybe read about it and have more compassion or maybe a better understanding of where they may be coming from or why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but like you said, just throwing around labels isn't productive.
0: I found this has been a really good, uh, I hate to use the word tool, but a good discussion for us, you know, because cause we get to explore this and you can go back and we've gone back and evaluated some of our uh, you know, experiences that we've shared together over the years, as uh, you know, father and daughter, and mm-hmm. as I know, we used to coach your soccer teams, mm-hmm. and 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 all those kinds of things, and and uh, now that you know, you're student and worker, and, and both in higher ed we, we get to kind of reassess some of those things, and some things make a little bit more sense now. Definitely. Yeah,
1: and it's been interesting for me as. Your daughter to kind of see things in a different light a little bit and Mm -hmm. understand a little more of your motivations. Because one of the big things with the Enneagram is uh, when you're trying to type yourself, you think about your kind of whole life experience. And um, mom is a one on the Enneagram, and so um, I just sometimes don't always nail that correctly because I see you guys as parents. And you know, in my eyes, you could both be a helper because you provide my needs when I was little, you were my. Playmates, my friends, my authority figures, my advice. You know, you've played so many, so roles, many roles for yeah. me, and right. so sometimes it is hard. i It was a little difficult to type, and it was fun to have that conversation with y'all and kind of work that out together over the dinner table because I yeah. see you as a parent first and foremost. Right,
0: right. <laughs> well, I think, again, another, what I think is fairly profound and a, and a keen insight here, and that is... Personalities are one thing, but people have different roles.
1: Absolutely. Right,
0: and so again, ha- you know, being effective in your role—professional roles, personal roles, family roles, whatever they are—people do have roles and responsibilities. And so again, all the uh, we talk about communication, but a lot of it is still beyond communication. Is just being effective in your role. Mm-hmm. Of course, communicating with with people and whatever your responsibilities are is a huge part of that. But it's about relationships, as we want to say. So you know. Roles, relationships, and and, and, and communication, So, well, with that, let's go ahead and, and, and as we transition into some detail, let's go ahead and give our listeners an idea of what the nine personality types are. Okay. I think. So, I've got the I've got the list here. So, just to give you an idea, can there be 9 And Aren't there just four? Aren't there just colors? Aren't <laughs> you just an animal? What about your, you know, whatever? So, again, there's all kinds of ways of this, but the Enneagram talks about nine, and so mm-hmm. we'll list those. The first one is the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number one is perfectionist, and it says it's the rational, idealistic type. Yep. Okay. Number two is the helper. The helper. And I have that's the caring, interpersonal type. That is correct. Okay. Number three is performer. Correct. This is an interesting one. They're all interesting, but this one, when you think about it, performer, Mm -hmm. some places call it the achiever, but it's called the success-oriented pragmatic type. Absolutely. So we'll study a little bit about that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Four Mm -hmm. is the individualist. Correct. Sensitive and creative type. Uh, just like um, our listeners are probably doing, what what I do every time I say one of these things, I immediately think of somebody who fits that right off the bat. Somebody comes to mind,
1: or just listening, going, "That's not me. That's not me," and impatiently waiting for your type to come up. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, speaking of that, number five. That's that's you know it says investigator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. It says intense analytical type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. So analytical, I, I get I get that a lot, mm-hmm. and I start to understand that uh, you know how I see the world now. Anyway, we won't get on that personal stuff, but an investigator, analytical type.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number six is what?
1: Six is the loyalist.
0: Okay, and I have down that's the committed, security-oriented type. Absolutely. So that that'll be interesting, and we'll give examples of who some of these uh, yeah. famous people are, and that may help uh, with this as we go through this. Number seven is the enthusiast. Correct. And I have a busy, fun-loving type, uh, but you had another. Uh,
1: They're adventurous and optimistic.
0: Okay. So, again, that's a, that's a great personality type. Uh, that's a great way to describe that. Don't you want to be known as that kind of? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, so that's an enthusiast. And then number eight, since you're at eight, I'll let you say what this one is.
1: We are the challengers. And I
0: have down the decisive, commanding type. Yes. Okay.
1: They used to be known as the
0: leader um, but that's not really the word that we use now. Okay. A very interesting type. Um, we'll, and we'll, we'll definitely dive into that one. And then uh, the ninth one is peacemaker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it says here the easygoing, accommodating type. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, a quick review of the nine types of Enneagram. We're going to talk a little bit about those, well, quite a bit about those. Each one probably... Two, hopefully three. We're gonna to try to get three per episode yep. here, so that uh, we can condense it down. Obviously, there's many places to go to get more information. Yep. Uh, but that's what we're gonna do. Those are some of our goals in the episodes that are coming up. So, uh, hope you're able to stay with us.